Radio. Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet. Showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm, I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen. And, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Welcome back to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. Hey, today I'm really excited about our guest. He is a mindset performance coach. He has written a new book that's all about the thinking patterns of success. So he helps business owners and entrepreneurs think like seven-figure entrepreneurs. He uses a process that's actually a Nobel-nominated process that teaches individuals and business owners how to think at a higher level through technology called MindScan. So I really think you're going to enjoy our conversation today. He's an author. He's a TEDx speaker. He's been featured on ABC Nightline. So help me welcome our guest, Jared Hanning. Welcome to the podcast, Jared. Thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. So down there in South Carolina, right? Yes. South Kakalaki, as we like to say it. Dude, I spent uh, I spent a couple of years in North, in North Carolina, and we'd always call it North Kakalaki. Love, North Kakalaki, uh, yes. love, love North Carolina, dude. So North anyway. Carolina is like the uh, economic center of the Carolinas. Um, there's nothing going on south. <laughs> You guys have everything. You've got ski hills. You've got professional sports teams. There's not a single pro sports team in all of South Carolina. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> cool, man. Hey, well, thanks for joining me. I'm excited about the, the topic today. Uh, you know, one of the things that you really are focused on is helping business owners think at a higher level and being able to get out of their way. So I really want to dive into to that topic and, and really help the audience figure out you know, when, when we as business owners, it, it goes back to the, to the whole working in your business versus working on your business type scenario, right? But a lot of that starts with, with the mindset, whether I'm going to actually do it myself or I'm going to think at a higher level and figure out how to get it done, get it done another way. So if you don't mind, uh, maybe just to start off, introduce yourself to my audience, let them know what you do and we'll dive in from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I work as a mindset performance coach. My clients normally double their business revenue by purposely working half as many hours. So um, working less is the tool that causes them to double their revenue. Now, I know that totally sounds like snake oil. Um, and hopefully in, in our conversation today, we'll look at some of the Nobel nominated science and research behind thinking at a higher level and what that opens up in your business. Um, slightly related to that, is my background. I spent 20 years as a professional classical musician, uh, principal viola with the South Carolina Philharmonic. And what some people don't know about music is that when you're engaged in music, whether you're clapping to the radio or singing in the shower or whatever it is, in that moment of music, you are using more different parts of your brain than any other activity. Um, this is a sharp contrast with uh, athletic performance where the better your body is performing as an athlete, the less of your brain you're using. The brain enters kind of a meditative state because it can't afford to be sending glucose to the brain. That glucose needs to go to the muscles. But music is the opposite. Uh, your brain lights up like a fireworks show. This is well-documented with MRI studies. So here's the interesting thing. What if you could access different parts of your brain on demand um, what if you could think from other vantage points and other intelligence sources on purpose outside of music? 
how would that affect the way you negotiate? How would that affect the way you scale? How would that affect the way you produce? And that is the work that I do in mindset. That's super interesting. So help me understand this specifically. Are you saying the same functions, brain functions that happen when you're listening to certain types of music are the same types of brain functions that we want to have to think at a higher level as a business owner? Is, am I hearing that correctly? So the, the distinction is uh, when you are creating music, when you are um, actively engaged in because you're singing to the song on the radio, because you're clapping your hands at the concert in time with the music, when you're a- actively, you're using more of your brain. Um, when you're just passively listening, then no, it's just like any other activity. Uh, but when you're actively you're using more different parts of your brain and these different parts are having to kind of like cross pollinate and share resources to make this happen because so many different things, processes are happening at the same time. And the idea is um, when we get into a rut in uh, business, we're stuck, we keep hitting the same obstacles, don't have enough time, don't have enough money, um, can't find the right help or hiring the right help, whatever's going on. Usually, it's not because we aren't trying hard enough. Um, it's because there's something about that situation that our brain hasn't seen yet, um, almost like a blind spot in our thinking. So being able to access different parts of your brain um, opens up a lot of new ways to solve those problems. Okay, so let me, let, let's kind of dive into that a little bit. First off, sometimes as a business owner, you, you recognize there's a blind blind spot. Mm -hmm. Other times there may be some friction slash frustration that's prohibiting you from, uh, advancing the ball, if you will, right. Moving, moving towards your goals, but you don't recognize what the blockage is. So first off, how, how do you recognize those blind spots? What's the best way to recognize those blind spots? Assuming that, assuming you, you haven't recognized, like if you recognize it, that's one thing, right? But if you haven't recognized it, what are some signs or signals that would help you recognize, oh, there may be some blind spots here that I can open up with different thinking in, in, uh, in my brain? One I would say is if it's comfortable, you are probably absolutely smothered in blind spots. That that's an interesting concept. So, because you hear that you hear the adage, success lies outside your comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. So, explain to me why you think if you're comfortable, there's tons of blockage or tons of, of Ton, tons of things. Yeah, blind spots. Because so. because I know for me in particular, like there's times where I'm constantly frustrated (laughs) and constantly like feel like I'm overwhelmed and you want to think like, Oh yeah, that's just growth. When I'm like bull freaking crap, dude, this is like a a train wreck. So help me understand when you say, Hey, if you're comfortable, cause comforts, Nice sometimes, right? It's nice. It feels great. If you're comfortable, there's a bunch of blind spots. Help me understand that a little bit more. So there's three truths that are blocking your next breakthrough, your next success. Um, The first one is you're already doing everything you know to do. You're you're already working hard. You're not a slacker. 
Um, if there was something else you could be doing, you'd be doing it. Because of that first principle, we know that working harder isn't going to make a difference or it would have by now. Second truth, everything you're doing seems like a good idea. It makes sense. It's reasonable, rational, logical. If you're talking to your friend, they're like, yep, that's a good idea. That's probably what I do too. Anybody in your situation with your circumstances would be doing the same things. It makes sense. Because of that, we know that working smarter isn't going to make a difference or it would have by now. What that means is that a breakthrough in your situation will at first sound like a bad idea. One of the, this is sort of like um, Coach's secret being released here on air, Um, but one of the cues that somebody is not going to have a breakthrough in that strategy session or call or whatever we're doing is when they say the phrase, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, I understand. Because that indicates that for them, it still falls within their worldview. They haven't actually okay. seen something outside it yet. And the illustration here is when you're learning to ride a bicycle, um, when they first take off the training wheels, you're a little wobbly, you don't have it yet. And everybody has some version of Crazy Aunt Jenny. And Crazy Aunt Jenny comes over and says, hey, if you'll go faster, it's easier to balance. And you think to yourself, my gosh, this is why they call her Crazy Aunt Jenny. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. How? If I can't balance going slow, how is going fast going to help? That's a horrible idea. Well, notice the breakthrough. One day you accidentally went fast because maybe your dad pushed you too hard or you're going downhill or you forgot whatever reason. You were going fast and you felt balance inside. And in the moment that you felt balance, your brain went, oh my gosh, this is exactly what Crazy Aunt Gina was talking about. Now I understand. Okay, here is the important lesson of that. Before you felt balance, No amount of information made a difference. After you felt balance, no amount of information is needed. So the thing is, when you're comfortable, what that indicates is that everything that's happening around you fits within what already makes sense. And you haven't been exposed to what doesn't make sense. And if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. That's my first test for how do you know if you have blind spots. The second test is if you keep hitting the same obstacles, whatever they are, don't have enough time, don't have enough money, don't have the right help. Most people have some version of this story at the end of the year. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Get to the end of the year and you say, ah, next year, boy, howdy, I'm really going to apply myself next year. (laughs) Next year rolls around. You go, no, 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 do over, do over. This year didn't count because Aunt Sally was sick and grandma was had the funeral and then I had to go out of town. This year doesn't count, do over. Next year, I'm telling you, I'm really going to apply myself. Next year rolls around, you're like, nope, 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 nope. Just give me one more time. I promise I'm going to get it right this time. When you get in that cycle of hitting the ceiling, hitting the limits, the blocks, whatever it is, it's not because you aren't trying hard. There's just something about that situation that your brain hasn't recognized yet. Just like when you're driving your car and you back into something, you don't keep backing into it. Well, just give me one more time. Let me back into it one more time. Just one more time. No, you get out of the car because it physically forces a different perspective that you cannot possibly see at the wheel. So that's why when you go to the doctor and you say it hurts here, the doctor doesn't go, "Mm, try this. Let me know what happens. The doctor goes, okay, tell you what, 
go down the hallway and let's get you an MRI. And then we'll know what's going on. Because the doctor isn't going to guess. That's like the most dangerous thing they can do with your life. And that's the difference between going to a life coach who says, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think you should do? Well, good Lord. What you think you should do is what has you in the situation to start with. And going to a mindset performance coach that says, you know what? Let's print up a graph of your thinking patterns. And with that, we'll able to see what's going on and where your next breakthrough is. Okay. So talk about the graph of your thinking pattern. Is this a, is this a test that somebody takes? Like, how are you graphing out somebody's thought patterns? Is it an actual brain scan? Is it just a series of questions that you as a mindset coach are able to kind of see what, what route they're going down? Where, where does that, where does that come from? How, how do you get that information? It's the weirdest thing ever. Um, I can show you a picture of it. Am I allowed to share slides? Is this a visual cast? Yeah, it's just audio. All right. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. cool. So in the 1950s, a guy named Robert Hartman came up with a Nobel nominated approach to mapping how we make decisions. Um, This work is different from all the other tests. Um, I mean, like it's no nominated for a reason. Um, you, people think of things like DISC or Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders or Enneagram or whatever. The those thing, are, but those, those are personality profiles, correct? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. They are personality profiles. And one of the great findings of data that we have come to learn is introvert, extrovert, positive thinking, depressed, has no bearing on your success in business. Um, so with the personality tests, a a couple pitfalls that arise. Um, one of them is they tend to be questionnaire based and because you're filling in answering questions, your subconscious is gaming going, ah, this is how I want to be seen, or this is the kind of person I'm trying to be. So there's self-reporting error. And that would be like going to the doctor and him coming into your room with somebody else's test results. It's, it's not going to get you where you want to go. So that's one problem. The second problem is they don't tell us where you're at. They tell us that you fit within a population of other people like you. You have these traits, you have these trends, 25% of the population is like you. Well, that's like going to the doctor and he says, okay, you've got this condition, but don't worry, we have a 60% success rate treating it. That's That's information, but it's not helpful. We need to know what side of the 60% line you're on. So Robert Hartman's work gave us that information. It is a scientific measurement of you, the individual, how your mind solves problems. And because of that, we're able to see your strengths, your weaknesses, your blind spot. We're able to see exactly why your life is going down this road, what it would look like to go down that road, and specifically what intersection you need to turn at tomorrow to get there. Now, the next question that comes up is, well, how do you do that? So we've already ruled out questionnaire because if you're filling out questions, that's self-reporting error. Um, We're also going to rule out uh, actual brain scan because everybody's brain, that whole like right brain, left brain, the more we learn about the brain, the more it's just a blob of jello. Okay. So That's not going to get us the information we need either. Um, What this is, 
is just having you line up the values the way you personally would order them. So for example, um, there's 18 values and uh, one, one value might be uh, what is more good in the world, uh, a baby or a technical improvement? Well, they're both good things, but for you, one of them is slightly more good. Or maybe what is more bad in the world, um, slavery or blowing up an airliner in flight? Well, they're both bad, but for you, one of them is slightly more bad. And so by wrestling with the nuances of the list of values, um, it is able to map out, and it's a visual map. Like we can see exactly where the interchanges and intersections are of blind spots that have been tripping you up while you keep hitting that obstacle and breakthroughs that are waiting for you. Um, it's, it's pretty detailed. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Here's where I'm a little, like, if you could dive into this a little bit more. So you're saying that by, from the test, I'm not taking like, Hey, what would you do in this situation? Or what would you do in that situation? But by me lining up specific values that I either deem good or bad by that, you're able to map my brain's activity in the way in which I personally make decisions and say, oh, because of your logic or the way that you solve problems, here are your blind spots. Like here's classic blind spots for for you, for Nick Jensen. Boom, 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 boom. And because of those blind spots, here's some potential breakthroughs that await you. Am I understanding this correctly? Yes. Okay. So I got to be honest with you. It sounds pretty hocus pocus. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It sounds just like. So, so you say you're saying it's scientifically based, but for me, I have a hard time thinking. Um, I just line up a bunch of values and you can tell me, you know, why I'm trying to think of a problem. Anyways, why I know, it's crap, right? Yeah. yeah. Like it, it sounds kind of hokey. So it sounds like crap. So a couple. It sounds uh, like you're sell you're selling me something I don't want to buy right now. So you're gonna have to explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It sounds just like that. Yes, it does. Um, it sounds too simple. It sounds too good to be true. Um, it sounds too helpful. Um, it sounds like uh, the people who write the horoscopes for the newspaper. Yes, I agree. It completely sounds like that. And as a matter of fact. I felt the same way about it. Um, when, when I took it for myself, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, this is the same people who write articles for the National Enquirer or the Fortune Cookie Company. No. Where you get your brain scanned back and it's like, hey, you're going to wake up and the sun's going to shine today. <laughs> you're like, yes, you were right. That's How awesome. did you know? How did you know? <laughs> it's like that. Um, that being the case, after looking at, a thousand mind scans from entrepreneurs all across the world, I no longer feel that way because each one is like a fingerprint. It's as unique as they are. Um, I don't expect you to take my word for it. So a couple, a couple of illustrations of the impact that this makes in somebody's business. Um, we talked about how the things that make sense are the things that are keeping you stuck. There are some people that the way their brain solves problems is that the highest value is on taking action. Um, these are achievers. These are go-getters. They pride themselves on getting things done. And so when you look at their map 
uh, you can see that where the peaks fall around things about doing and action and process, that kind of thing. Well, so what? So what? These people already know this about themselves. We're not telling them anything new. They already know they're a go-getter and achiever and they pride action and they, they get really pissed off at people who want to talk about emotions because there's no time for that and people who want to plan because there's no time for that. We could be getting something done. They already know that. But then you talk to them, you say, do you ever have more on your to-do list than you have time to get done? They're like, yeah, all the time. When that happens, do you try working harder to fix it? But it feels like you're just spinning your wheels and you spent most of your day doing little stuff that someone else should be doing for you? Yeah, all the time. So we can see how the way the brain solves problems by valuing taking action creates a very predictable life experience. There's always more much to do than I have time to get done. Working harder and faster doesn't seem to clear it up. I keep hitting the same obstacles in my business. I don't have enough time to grow. I don't have enough time to work on my business. I don't have enough time to work in my business. I don't have enough money to reinvest. I don't have, you know, we keep hitting the same obstacles and the brain is trying to solve those by taking action. So they, you know, they see it mapped out. They're like, oh my gosh, yes, I, that's exactly how I feel about this. That's exactly how I feel about that and this and that and the other. Well, then you show them, okay, so now, um, Think of somebody that owns three businesses but works 10 hours a week, okay? And they always have more than enough time for family and hobbies and community involvement and giving back. And it seems like the less they work, the more they make. They're like, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, I went to college with a guy and he is, he is that to a T. Okay, well, let me show you how their brain solves problems. And you can see how they value things differently. Um, the, the people that seem to make more, the less they work, they don't value action. They tend to value planning. They tend to value people and relationships. And this is very counterintuitive. Why is it that the person that has the most results to show for it values action the least? And the reason is whatever you're working on, no matter how good you are at it, it doesn't fix the problem of why it had to be done to start with. So tomorrow you're still going to be the one doing it. And this is why doing the work causes you to fall farther behind. But instead, they solve those problems by documenting, delegating, building systems. And this is agony for people who are hustlers, go-getters, because they feel like that's a waste of time. I could be getting something done right now. The difference is the person that always has more than enough time, always has more than enough money, it's because when they're working on something, they're only working on things that scale. And there's no limit to the systems or relationships you can have in your life. And when you put those in place, you never again have to do that task. So it creates an infinite amount of free time and support. But if you solve the problem instead by taking action, you're going to have to take the action again tomorrow because you didn't spend that time building something that scales. And this is just a radically different way of thinking. One of them produces results. The other one produces stress, spinning your wheels. So one of the pushbacks that I could see um, coming from, from an entrepreneur or a business owner, it kind of depends on the, where you're at, what stage of the business you're at, right? So let's talk about a newbie. Oftentimes they've got to do like their marketing, their accounting, their sales, their everything, everything right? Yeah. But we know, and I can think of a guy off the top of my head right now, 25 years later, still marketing, still accounting, still sales, still everything, right? Whereas another individual, I can think off the top of my head, they had resources up front 
And so they were nothing. They were, I'm the guy that's got this idea and I'm going to tap this guy and this gal, give them an opportunity. They come in and then they just hire people and delegate and build systems and things like that. The difference between those two is one had resources to start. One didn't necessarily have resources to start and was never really able to get out of that trap. So from your perspective, and when you think about entrepreneurs thinking at a higher level, and in fact, taking action at a higher level, if, if that's a, the appropriate term, what's the difference in how, from your perspective as a mindset performance coach, how does somebody make that shift? Because I can promise you there's a listener right now that their business, they're making a lot of money. Let's, you know, well into the six figures, maybe seven figures, and are just running ragged because of this. And then there's also a brand new entrepreneur who's like, yeah, everybody's told me I need to get a VA or I need to get, I need to outsource this or outsource that. But I'm not even, I don't even have money to pay myself. So from your perspective as a mindset performance coach, how, how do you help individuals make those transitions looking at kind of their brain scan or their, the hocus pocus you were just trying to sell me. Hocus pocus. Yeah, man. Um, To be fair, I I don't want to downgrade your, your work or anything. What's the name of the brain scan? The process that we use uh, is called the mind scan. Then the process we use to get people thinking naturally like a CEO and solving problems from that way of thinking that produces free time as a byproduct uh, that we do with what's called mindset push-ups. Okay. Um, just like a physical push-up rewires the way your body grows muscle, a mindset push-up physically reconnects the way your brain solves those problems. Um, so you're thinking from a different vantage point. Back to your question though, totally fair. You've got one person who shows up with money, so they hire from the start. You've got another person who's trying to create the money to hire. 20 years later, they're still trying to create the money to hire, wearing all the hats. How do you get out of that um, trap? Um, I would propose that it's not a matter of resources, but more a matter of resourcefulness and kind of a fundamental way of thinking. One way of thinking says, look at all this stuff that I have to do. The other way of thinking says, look at all this stuff that needs to get done. Now, who's the best person to do it? What's the best order for it to be done in? If I don't have the money, Okay, how can I barter, trade, partner, consult, share, delegate? The way of thinking that says, look at all this stuff that I have to do. Here's the thing. Yes, it makes sense that you have to do it because whatever, you're the best or most qualified or there's nobody else around or you don't have the money to hire somebody or you can't, don't have the time to train or whatever. Yes, it totally makes sense. Here's the deal. Nine out of 10 things on your to-do list could be delegated to somebody else for 10 or $15 an hour. The reason you don't have the money to delegate it is because you're spending your day on 10 or $15 an hour tasks. That's a bad strategy that you can't solve with stubbornness. Instead, this is what you can do. Start small, two hours a week. Get an assistant for two hours a week. That's it. You can afford 20 bucks. It's not going to break the bank. Even if you're poor, you've got it. Okay. Two hours a week during those two hours, you are going to spend your time, not emailing, not scheduling, 
not writing up contracts, not boxing up products, not doing anything that could be delegated for 10 or $15 an hour. You're going to spend your time on sales because sales cures all ills. You're going to get on the phone and you're going to make cold calls until your two hours is up because that is the highest revenue producing value added thing you can possibly do for your business when you're in startup struggle hustle mode. Sales cures all ills. Now, the person that always has more than enough time, always have more than enough money, it's because they think differently. So when they see that list of all the stuff that has to get done, their brain's like, oh crap, look at all the stuff that has to happen. I can't afford to spend my time doing 10 and $15 an hour tasks. So who can I partner with? Who can I barter with? Who can I trade with? Who can I consult with? How can we break this up so that they get paid what they're worth for their intelligence? I get paid what I'm worth, but my day isn't spent doing this stuff. And so they are slow to take action, very slow, because they know it's a trap. Doing the work causes you to fall behind. They know that's a trap. So they spend more time planning, more time calling around, trying to find somebody to help. The person who's quick to take action, oh, let me just check this off my list. It'll take five minutes. Let me just knock this out real quick. It'll take 30 minutes real quick. Let me just clear it up. That's the person that never has the time. As you were talking to that, the analogy of the tortoise and the hare came to mind. <laughs> hey, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the hare just taking action, just running all over the place and the tortoise is just, you know, steady as we go and seems to, seems to come out ahead here. So th- this is great information. What are some of the common roadblocks that you see from entrepreneurs that they need to make breakthrough? I mean, we've talked about delegating and systematizing and things like that. Are those the most common roadblocks you see? Or what are the kind of the most common things that you see that, that once entrepreneurs kind of break that barrier, they really start to, to hit their stride? One, I was what I would refer to as the God complex. The what? Um, the, what I would, I would call this the God complex. Um, okay. there, there could be a more correct name for it, but it's this idea that by golly, we're smart enough. We can figure this out. No, cause you would have by now. Um, let me tell you a story about Procter and Gamble when they were coming up with a powdered laundry detergent. Um, they high, they had like, they spent a million and a half dollars hiring the best machinists and physicists and particle chemists and liquid dynamic fluid experts, engineers to design the nozzle because the nozzle had to shoot the liquid out in a way that it atomized at just the right rate so that it would dry on the way down and they could sweep it up and put it in the box and call it powdered laundry detergent. They spent a million and a half dollars on the smartest, best people. This is the God complex again. And saying, all right, you know, we can figure this out. We're smart people. Well, it didn't work. Now that they've already gone through the best, smartest people, remember though, the energy that was driving that is we're smart people. We can figure it out. We are going to figure it out. It didn't work. So how did they fix it? How did they create the nozzle that would atomize at the right rate to get dry laundry detergent? Well, they stopped trying to figure it out and they started testing. Let's try this. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. Okay, that didn't work. And that's how they got there. The principle behind that is that 
Thinking is the thing that's getting in the way. Being willing to fail is the thing that will move you forward. So what, what the big trap is, is when we're solopreneurs or small companies, we keep thinking that we can figure this out. The problem is the way of thinking, just like Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that created it. The thinking that got us in that mess isn't going to get us out of it. It takes something completely different. Now, in the case of Procter & Gamble, it took being stupid. Okay, I have no idea. Let's just see what happens. In the work that I do, we do that with the mind scan. By getting your thinking patterns mapped up, we're able to get out of your head so that you can see what you haven't seen before. And no matter how bad your business is messed up, you were only, get this, this is the weirdest thing ever, you were only one thought away from your next breakthrough. We just got to get you out of your head so that your brain can see what it hasn't seen yet. Give me an example of a client that you've helped that was that one thought away that you can share. I mean, I obviously don't disclose personal information or, or anything like that, but what was the circumstance? What was the thought that really got them out of their way that, that they were hitting their stride and what, what helped them recognize that? Do you know what I mean? What helped them recognize, make that move? All right. Let me, uh, I'll tell you a lot of stories uh, and I'll even keep them short. (laughs) Just give Um, me a couple. (laughs) Yeah. A couple stories. So I had a guy, um, he's making 400,000 a year financial planner. Uh, At that level, you would think this is a very sophisticated individual. What are we going to show him that he doesn't already know? Takes the mind scan because again, it's not what you know. It's what you're not even aware of that you don't know yet. Um, For example, don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's where the breakthrough is. So take the mind scan, get it mapped out. One of the things that it showed is that he had a tendency to devalue his sweet spot, his zone of genius. Now you can't make a difference in the world and you're clumsy. You got to be in your genius. Even though he was making great money, he had a tendency to devalue his zone of genius. Back to that comfort zone, right? I'm making so much money, what could possibly be wrong? What, what could possibly be better? I'm making so much money, there couldn't be anything wrong or I wouldn't be making this kind of money. Back to that comfort zone. It makes sense. So what he did was he restructured his day to spend more time in his zone of genius. He, he changed some instructions with his office administrator so that she could help structure his day and hold him accountable to doing the one thing that he did better than anything else and only that one thing. And she could help keeping him from touching all the other stuff because somebody else can do that. He made that. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Went from 400,000 to 1.2 million over the next year and a half. And that's the power of getting clear on the one thing you do the best and getting serious about honoring it. And I see this in all kinds of crazy situations. Um, Financial planners all the time will do like a time study and a client study and realize, gosh, this happens all the time. It's craziness. We we should just, uh, I can't give the punchline away, but what they realize is that their best clients, the clients that they enjoy working with the most, the clients that have the highest net worth, the clients that are most rewarding to work with, came because they met them playing golf. That's where their best clients came from. Their worst clients came from networking at the local chamber of commerce luncheon. So what do they do? They change their weekly schedule, and now they play golf 20 hours a week. 
You know, I'm laughing. I do. I'm laughing at you because I know a guy specifically, and and I've got my own. Uh, I've got my own opinions about financial planners, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> like, I'm not. <laughs> but I know a guy personally who's a financial planner um, that does that very day. He does that very same thing. He's like. Yeah, I just play golf and I never bring up what I do. If they ask, I'll tell them, but I never bring up what I do. I just play golf with as many guys as I can play golf with. And he's like, that's where my clients come from. <laughs> yes. How miserable is that? I met a guy on a plane one time. He goes, I don't ever prospect. I don't market. I don't do any of that. Um, I have more than enough clients. I was like, so what are you doing? He goes, I spend all of my energy creating the best client experience ever. I am constantly doing trips and vacations and parties and get togethers and special Super Bowl tickets, whatever I can to create amazing experiences for my clients. And they bring their friends in. They're like, oh my gosh, you got to meet this guy. He's the greatest ever. We're having another party. And that's where his financial planning clients come from. Okay, so there's short stories there. Some other different kinds of stories. Had a lady, she's making cookies on the side. Now, I mean, ridiculous. These are like works of art. Um, she's making cookies for John Daly, the golfer. And I mean, when he was coming through Augusta. So amazing cookies, amazing cookies, amazing network. Um, Kyle Maynard, um, who got shot um, or, or had the grenade blow up, made, made all the cookies for his award ceremony. Uh, it's really neat stuff. So, but she's got this problem because she's working a regular job, 40 hours, and then she's coming home and she's working like 50 hours, nights and weekends to make these cookies. It's absolutely killing her. Well, she takes the mind scan and she's able to see how her values were driving that stuck in a rut way because how she was valuing making decisions and solving those problems was actually keeping those problems in place. All she did was she tried out a little bit of planning delegation and systems in a way that her brain could handle it without breaking down. That's it. That alone though, rewired the way her brain was solving problems, gave her brain access to a little bit different level of thinking. She tripled her income and cut her cookie production hours in half. This not only replaced her income from her full-time job so she could quit at any time, but it wasn't killing her life. Okay. So there's a little bit of time. Let me give you another one about time. This one's personally meaningful. Um, because I care about these kinds of things. Um, so I had a lady, she was running a multiple six figure business. Um, and then she would come home and she had four little kids at home, but she comes home and it's like house stuff, right? Fix this, cook this, clean that, take care of this, wipe this. Yeah. And she's like, no, I want to be present with my kids. I want to spend time. I want to be there for my kids. So she takes the mind scan. And one of the things that came up was she was able to see how her values around people were actually causing her to not be able to connect with people because of the way it's mapped out. She was able to get out of her head and see it in a way that she had never seen it before. What that did was it gave her access to a new conversation with her spouse. Now, he's a great guy, supportive, all that, but the rut was still there. Her, all of her efforts to ask and beg and explain and attempt and try wasn't working. By getting clear on the blind spot that was tripping her up, she goes back and has the same conversation she'd been trying, only now she's doing it from a different way of thinking. 
in that one conversation, it produced 10 free hours. Hello to be present with her kids and not be busy instead because he heard in a way that he had never heard before because she wasn't in her blind spot. She took that same concept of getting out of your blind spot because now you've seen it's been mapped out back to work, created 30 free hours at work for her to work on her business and get out of working in her business. Because time, by the way, is a byproduct of the communication and conversations that we're having. This is good stuff. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I think I'm going to go take your, your mind scan. <laughs> I'd be interested to see what my, my blind spots are. My blind spot is probably like, Nick, you're really cool. I'm be like, yeah, I already know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I know Just that. Kidding. Tell me something I don't know, man. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's already in my box. I already I know, know that. Dude. <laughs> hey, so Jared, how do if people want to um, connect with you, get a hold of you? I know you just wrote a book called the The Thinking Patterns of Success. Um, how do they get in contact with you? Uh, you can hit me up on the socials, obviously. Um, I've got a lot of TEDx talks out there. Um, but if you're curious more about the thinking patterns of success or the mind scan itself, what it looks like, what the graphs look like, um, just hop on over to mindsetperformance.co. Um, you can see samples of the report itself and um, what, what's going on there. Yeah, mindsetperformance.co. That's great. We'll we'll uh, put all those links in the in the show notes here so that people can easily uh, grab them. But hey, Jared, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for for joining us. I know that uh, one of the the greatest opportunities we have as business owners and and entrepreneurs to change the landscape of society and to and to change the legacy of our families is by thinking differently and thinking at a higher level to to allow us to have more time and freedom and and really focus on those things that were that were that are the most important, I guess, I would say, the things that we're passionate about that are more important than, than money that are really involved building, uh, building wealth as a whole. So we appreciate you joining us today, Jared. Thanks for having me. You bet. We will talk to you guys next time. Have a great week. See ya. Hey, real quick. Are you a six or seven figure entrepreneur who is making great money, but like so many other unwealthy successes, you're not seeing your wealth grow? If so, I can help. Head over to nicholascjensen.com forward slash wealth and take my free wealth building assessment now. Learn how to become a strategic investor and start building the wealth you and your family deserve. Again, that's nicholas, the letter C, jensen.com forward slash wealth. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.